The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Move with compassion, the master of that servant, let him go, and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? This Sunday's Gospel is arguably one of the hardest ones that we hear in the whole liturgical year. It's right up there with Jesus' teaching to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. But it's so fundamental to what it means to be Christian, to follow the example of Jesus. When I was a brand new deacon um, in 2018, I had been a deacon for less than a month, and I was preaching my first homilies to a suburban parish with hundreds of people. And I preached, I don't know if it was the main message or if it just kind of wove its way in there on forgiveness. I don't even remember what I said necessarily. And after Mass, I was waiting in the narthex, and before anyone else could come out, a woman just made a beeline for me, and she was so upset with me. Or at least, it felt like she was upset with me, because it was very clear that she had been hurt repeatedly by someone that was close to her. And she said, what am I supposed to do? Just let it continue to walk all over me? Just be crushed every single time? 
This was more or less the message, not her exact words, but this was what was bubbling up from her heart. And I was just taken aback. I, you know, I just didn't really fully appreciate how sensitive it would be to mention the word forgiveness when people have been hurt so horribly. I think part of the reason why we have a difficulty in forgiving is because we have a misunderstanding, kind of like she did, when it comes to what it means to forgive. So in this case, it is actually good and important to have healthy boundaries with someone that has hurt us. We're not asking for a completely restored relationship where we completely trust each other all of a sudden. And especially when it comes to really toxic personalities, we do need healthy distance there. We do need it for the sake of our marriages, for the sake of our children. We have to have those boundaries. This is good and important. A couple of the other misconceptions that I find over and over again is that we confuse forgiveness with a feeling that we have towards someone. If I feel anger in my heart, then clearly I can't forgive them. Or, well, forgive and forget. I can't forget what they did. So therefore, I can't forgive them. Forgiveness is neither of these two things. It's not about the feeling that we have towards someone, nor is it about forgetting what has happened to us because we don't have control over either of those things. Jesus wouldn't command us to do something that we can't really help or control. It might seem insincere to choose forgiveness when we don't feel good towards them, but that is what we're invited to do. And rather than forgetting what has happened to us, we actually want to render a full account of the nature of the hurt so that when we choose to forgive, we're not mitigating what has happened. We're taking full account and saying, I choose to forgive anyway. So when it comes to forgiveness, it is fundamentally a choice that we make, probably more than just once, to say out loud, Jesus, I forgive them. Jesus, I forgive them. Jesus, bless them. We seal that forgiveness by asking for blessing upon this person. That doesn't deserve it. This topic of forgiveness brings up the story, in my mind, of Immaculate Illabagiza. She is a survivor of the Rwandan genocide in the 90s. And now she travels around the country. She's been in our diocese a number of times. I've seen her in person. Her story is unbelievable. She was one of the few that was spared this genocide as one tribe was pitted against another and they started just annihilating anyone that was a part of this tribe in Rwanda. She was packed in with seven other women in a bathroom that was four feet by four feet for three months. They had to stay in this tiny bathroom where they couldn't lay down, they couldn't fully sit down, And they had to be absolutely quiet so they wouldn't be discovered. Meanwhile, they knew that all of their friends and family were being slaughtered. Not by random government officials, but by people they formerly called their friends and their neighbors. It doesn't get much worse than this. Immaculate said the only way she was able to get through this time was just constantly praying the rosary over and over and over again. And she admitted during that period, for a good chunk of it, 
she couldn't pray that part of the Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. She said she just skipped over that line. She realized what we often forget when we're saying those words over and over again, what that actually means. But she was able to forgive. And in fact, I believe even years later, she was able to go back and to confront this man who had been a friend, a good friend of their family and a neighbor. He was not even able to look at her. He was so ashamed of what he had done. He wasn't even in a position to ask for forgiveness. There was so much shame. And she said, I forgive you. Unbelievable. Humanly impossible. Only by the grace of God could that have happened. When we come to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, we're invited to make an act of forgiveness, which is why we pray the Our Father where it has that line, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And very often we have that sign of peace, which is not just an opportunity to say hello to the people around you. This is an outward sign that we are at peace. We are reconciled with the body of Christ, the members of the body of Christ, So that when we receive communion, we're not doing something inconsistent. If we're holding on to bitterness, anger, resentment in our heart, we're not in a good position to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. There's an inconsistency there. One of the big reasons why we hold on to unforgiveness is because it gives us a certain amount of power or it gives us a sense of control. And if we keep this unforgiveness, this anger, then a a wall comes up that prevents us from being hurt again. And it's true that you won't be hurt if you keep this wall up, but you will also be unable to receive fully the love of God and love from other people if you keep these walls up. Rather than controlling the situation, we are controlled by the anger and the enemy continues to manipulate it and turn it against us and turn it against our relationship with God and with other people. C.S. Lewis said, unforgiveness or anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When we hold on to it, we are poisoning ourselves. How many times I've confronted people that are so caught up in the hurt that, that, that has happened to them. And to a certain extent, they have legitimacy in being really cast down about it. But then it turns into something toxic, holding on to anger and combining that with self-pity that it puts them into a pit and they're unable to live their life anymore. How terrible Not only the hurt, but now this hurt continues to define their life in the present moment. That is a true tragedy. Jesus wants to give us an opportunity as we approach him in the Eucharist today to make an act of forgiveness. So if you'd be open to it, I'm going to have us pray out loud a prayer. And as you know, I always keep my eyes closed when I'm praying. And we're just going to let a person's name, a face, or a memory come up that needs to be forgiven and it might be something unexpected or someone or something that you had forgotten, but the Holy Spirit wants to bring that to the fore so that you can forgive. Maybe multiple people will come to mind. And we're just going to choose to say out loud, again, not about a feeling, not about forgetting, not about not having healthy boundaries. We need all of that. But choosing to say, Jesus, I choose now to forgive them. 
So if you would, just repeat after me, and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit convict us where this area of hurt might be in our hearts. Holy Spirit, show me who I need to forgive. Holy Spirit, show me who I need to forgive. And now with this person's face or this memory or this name in front of our mind, rendering full account of what hurt we have received, we choose now to make an act of forgiveness. Jesus, by your power, Jesus, by your power, I choose to forgive them. I choose to forgive them. Jesus, bless them. Jesus, bless them. Amen. Jesus, I praise you and I thank you so much for your love and for your mercy. Jesus, we can't begin to forgive others that don't deserve it when we don't realize that we first have been forgiven when we don't deserve it. As you hung upon the cross, you said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We ask you, Jesus, to give us this divine grace to forgive people even that are currently crucifying us. Jesus, bring a spirit of peace, of reconciliation into our hearts so that we won't be controlled by our anger, our bitterness, and resentment anymore. Jesus, bring peace to our hearts. I thank you for the acts of forgiveness that have taken place in the minds and hearts of these, your sons and daughters, right now, preparing us to receive you more intimately, more perfectly in communion. Jesus, thank you for your mercy for us. Jesus, help us to always forgive those who have trespassed against us. Amen.